Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Uwe Dockhorn. Welcome to Liftoff with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sounds good? Okay, here we go. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Dean Hallett. How are you doing, Dean? And where are you hanging out right now? Uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm hanging out in the Los Angeles area where I live. Uh, and uh, actually lived here all my life except for one year overseas. So I'm, I'm very familiar with Los Angeles. Uh, you can say that. So what, what's the weather like? Is it still raining or is it back to normal? <laughs> no, it's raining today. Uh, I think we've got mm. another day and a half or so of uh, this storm on and off. And, you know, I, I, somebody told me a couple of storms ago that we have five storms left. I don't know how they know that, but uh, it's one of the wettest years we've had in a long time. It sounds like a countdown, so you really can go down five, four, three, two, one, and back to normal weather. In exactly. Yeah, we'll have our summer, I'm sure. Sure, of course we will have. <laughs> Dean Hallett guides leaders to discover fresh insights into their natural leadership abilities, allowing them to launch teams into high performance and transform their organizations toward collaboration, creativity, and innovation. I think your mission to create a more collaborative and innovative culture in your workplace is simply remarkable. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, Dean. Great. Looking forward to a, to a great discussion with you. Yes. So let's dive right in. So the first thing I want to I know is um, who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? You know, it's interesting. When I started thinking about it, I started thinking about size and industry, and it really isn't tied to that. It's more tied to the culture and the leadership or the leadership desire inside the company. Uh, if a company is looking to shift into high performance, and what I mean by that is if a culture is open, then they are more collaborative with each other. If they're more collaborative, then they are inclined to be more creative because you've created a safe environment. And if you're more creative, then overall the organization is going to be more innovative. And when you get the whole organization working in a pattern like that, I find it to, uh, I, I call that high performance because then you're really drawing from the talents and creativity of the entire organization. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, one, the one key thing for, that's, that's essential that I have found in that is having some sort of champion high up in the company um, it, because otherwise it happens in pockets And then there's groups that aren't like that, and they go, well, why, is, why are we doing this and this part of the organization isn't? So a champion from the top can set that tone and really make a difference in shifting the entire organization. So you start at the top, and then it becomes more collaborative, and it trickles down. And Ideally. It, Ideally, if yes. you've got, yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. But if you have that tone at the top, everything flows because they know the, mm. the leadership of the organization is behind the shift of the culture. Oh, yeah. As a leader, you always have kind of like to walk ahead and kind of sure. like show also and showcase. I get it. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
Um, so, um, assuming we're still all human, right? <laughs> what are common, mista <laughs> what are common mistakes uh, your client typically make when trying to solve that kind of problem? Well, let, let's talk about some of the challenges and, and right. that leads to some of the mistakes. So, sure. um, what happens is people have a tendency, we, we are trained in school to work on our own, to develop solutions on our own. And, and I know there are team projects and things like that that happen. But when we're given our exams, so often we are on our own that we're taught to be competitive and outperform the rest of the class and so forth. So we don't readily share information and things like that. Hmm. And when people move into uh, higher levels of leadership, I know for me that the most important thing I always thought about was at one point at uh, 20th Century Fox, for example, I had about about a thousand people reporting up to me. And it was essential in my eyes to keep those people productive, to keep those people working at their best and not worried about my individual performance. Because if I could keep that many people on track to develop results, then we're going to win as a team. Mm -hmm. And I think it's challenging for some people to make that shift when really a lot of times there's nobody guiding them to do that. So you get this internal competition and, um, you know, there's a, a unwillingness. Let's put it this way. As I get promoted more and more, people expect me to have the answers. And if I come from the place of thinking I'm supposed to have all the answers, don't ask for help, don't utilize the team, then I'm going to really set myself up for, for failure. Mm -hmm. um, can, yeah, go ahead. You talked about, you asked about the, the common mistakes. I think mm -hmm. when it comes to high-performance leadership, a lot of times people uh, in organizations think that they can do a quick fix. Let's just go have a leadership offsite for a day or two. And then we go back to our regular jobs as if something's really going to change when no new habits have been developed. Um, or, or we all go and listen to an inspirational speaker, but there's no interaction amongst the team with each other. So we aren't breaking down those walls and building that common culture together. Uh, and I think the biggest mistake that I've seen happen, it happened in an organization where I was, is just to give it lip service. We had a leader who was the best I've ever seen at communicating from the top about having an open culture, wanting everybody to come to the table, hearing everybody's ideas, having a healthy debate. And when things got challenging, and we had a couple of product launches that really needed to work and we were concerned about it. There were people who were essential in that marketing side that were not the best, not always on their best behavior. And they knew that they were essential to this process and they were rewarded for their bad behavior in order to keep them in the organization to keep things on track. And all of that, what was really a year of communicating what the culture was gonna be like going forward, went right down the drain because it didn't have any credibility. So lip service doesn't work. Mm. Well, you know, it, it sounds like that, uh, you know, creating a culture is not a quick fix, right? So it's not. it takes time. So it's kind of like uh, gardening. So you could just, uh, you plant something, you know, then you have to take care of it and uh, to, to make things grow and uh, develop, yeah. right? And that's a great point because it's it's there isn't an end game to building the culture. You have people coming into the company, people leaving the company, and it's something that needs to be taken care of, intended to, like a garden, like you said, on an ongoing basis. 
But once you get that energy going with those people coming to the table, there's a large part of it that can become self-sustaining just by continuing to do the things that got you there. It can also be uh, kind of like, so if you if you start, started the process already and kind of like you can also showcase the garden, so to speak. So you have sure. the greens over there. So it's also attractive to others when they come on board and say, oh, that looks uh, nice here. Pretty, pretty, right. pretty uh, garden that you have here. So I think uh, that's what is also involved in here, right? Yeah, for sure. So before I ask Dean, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something here to our audience. If you are enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Dean, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with that kind of issue? You know, one of the things that there, we don't have enough of, uh, let's say it this way, uh, feedback. Hmm. Feedback, when I start any engagement, I always start with the Johari window. For not fam people that aren't familiar with the Johari window, it's really just a matrix of how others perceive you, what they do or don't see in you, and what you do or don't see in yourself. And one area, what I don't see in myself that others might see, are my blind spots. And feedback is essential for me to become aware of those blind spots, because if I'm not, I can't change anything that I'm not aware of. And feedback I describe as the uh, the least expensive, most valuable management tool that we have. It doesn't get utilized. And so the the free action I think that people can do is get people in a room and get them talking. And get them talking not just about the business problem at hand, but talk about what's working, what's not working in the environment. Get people to communicate that, start getting some input. And ultimately, as you develop trust with those people, realizing that there's a safe place to have these conversations, you can do exercises that bring them together to give feedback to each other. One of the simple ones that I do is I will bring a team into a room and I will have them do a mingle where they end up just in standing dyads with each other, answering two prompts. What I admire about you as a leader is, and fill in the blank, And then what I believe would make you a better leader is. Mm. And that gives me an opportunity to point out the things that you could be doing better or things that maybe you should stop doing that are getting in the way. And it, and if it's if the environment is set up well and you can build that trust in the room, you can really not have negative ramifications from that. And, um, you know, check with everybody, make sure everybody's okay before they leave the room and all that. Every time I did that exercise, I would get all kinds of different re reactions. Like, I love that process. I hate that process. That process is so hard. But universally, everybody felt that we were better off for having done it because we felt it brought the team together and we could support each other more effectively. Powerful tools, these questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. They always, always are. Right. It's funny. I always knew when to do it, too, because people would be standing outside my office. There'd be like a line. It, it wasn't literally this way, but it was like a, a, a queue in my, at my office door to complain about what somebody else was doing. And if I start hearing that, then I know that people aren't keeping the air clean. People aren't aren't providing that feedback to each other, and they're expecting me to do it. And so whenever it would start to feel like that was happening a little bit, then I would just bring the group together and do the exercise or a similar exercise. Hmm. And um, 
and it, it seemed to, whatever hidden agenda people seem to have with each other kind of went away. Hmm. It works, you know, <laughs> I'm a it systemic does. coach. I know questions work, right? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So I was, I want to give you also the uh, platform and chance to um, promote where people can find you, but also what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that might help with that, but also in a broader sense. Okay. Um, you want me to talk about where they can reach me? I could do the free resource. Both. Okay. Please. So <laughs> you can find me at, at halletleadership.com, H-A-L-L-E-T-T. -T, and... Um, There's, uh, you can contact me through there, or you can just email me directly at dch, those are my initials, at halletleadership.com. In terms of a free resource, um, to give feedback, a lot of times people in organizations have not been exposed to behavioral assessments where they understand different people's behavioral styles. And there's a free resource, it's called openpsychometrics.org. And in there, there's uh, under the testing, there's an open disk assessment test. And people can go in for free, take the disk assessment, and get, a, get feedback, get a readout of what their behavioral, dominant behavioral style is, what the different behavioral styles are, and get some insight on uh, triggers. What, 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 are, what, are each, what is each style passionate about? What gets in the way for each style? Because sometimes... If we're of one style and we aren't familiar with another style and we see somebody operating in a very different way, we just think, you know, what is going on with that person? I have no idea how to connect with them. And through the DISC tool, there are opportunities to see what drives them, see how they react in stress, and get insight on how to approach them about an issue if you want to talk about it in a way that is not going to set them off. Uh, and so I find that a valuable tool. I use the, the DISC tool in all of my engagements. Mm. Very valuable. So thank you for sharing and a good reminder also. And also, of course, we put the, the link in the show notes, uh, what you shared okay. today. All right. Terrific. Absolutely. So what's the one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience? You know, I, I thought of about six or seven of them, but I think the, the one that I would go to is, you know, uh, We, we learn things about ourselves all the time. Uh, I remember when I was younger, I said I would never write a book because it just, I'm not that long winded. I don't, I would never fill that many pages up. And as I got into this business out on my own, it became uh, apparent to me that it would be really helpful to share with people the nature of what got me here and, and the thinking around the work that I do. And so I ended up writing a book It's called The Missing Piece. So the question you could ask me is, what is The Missing Piece? Mm -hmm. And The Missing Piece is uh, high-performance leadership that we talked about at all levels of the organization. And what I find so often, I actually heard a statistic that'll probably describe it the best. The average age for an individual when they start leading a team is 26 years old. The average age of their first leadership development training is 36 years old. So for 10 years, they're winging it. And, you, you know, in the book, I even highlight uh, little sections where I talk about the lessons that I've learned, which more often come from bad leadership than good leadership, what not to do. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people out there doing those things that it goes right back to the example I talked about before. 
I'm I'm a solar performer. I have to look good. I'm supposed to have the answers. And if nobody's communicating to me otherwise, I'm operating on that premise, and it's a false premise. And so I'm leading the team in the wrong direction, and nothing is nothing. There's no self-correcting mechanism built into that. I'm not accepting feedback. I'm telling people what to do. Uh, it's more of a command and control type of leadership style that a lot of people do because that's what they feel is expected of them. So quick follow-up question to that one. I love what you just shared. So, And uh, are organizations uh, ready to invest in their, well, youngest talent, so to speak? Uh, some are. Some do it better than others. Some uh, talk about doing it, but they only do it at the highest level, to your point. Um, and that's why you end up with... Uh, you end up with leaders who, first of all, let me answer it this way. People often ask me, um, where do you like to, where in the organization do you like to participate the most in terms of leadership development? And I like doing it at the middle levels and the lower levels because they're like sponges. They are hungry. You can do leadership development at the highest levels, but it's probably not what's going to drive the biggest change in the organization and in the culture. First of all, they're not in that day-to-day -day operational part of the company where those ideas are moving back and forth about how to get things done in a, in a workflow in a different way. Uh, so you don't get that collaboration at that level. I don't think the senior leadership necessarily will spend enough time with the, the people that are in there um, uh, underneath them in the organization. So it won't spread. What we were lucky to do at Fox I started a high potential program, uh, an accelerated leadership program while I was there. It really grew organically, but it came into became a big thing that the whole studio got behind. And HR came to me. I had done it just for finance initially. And they said, it's not fair that you're doing this just for finance. This is a great program. You should do it for everyone, which I, I wasn't sure I wanted to do because I didn't want division presidents coming to me saying, what are you doing with my people? What have you done to them? But I also knew that it was valuable um, because we pushed them to really take a look at uh, limitations that they had. Um, I think we're all born with uh, in what I call authentic behaviors. If you look at a small child, they're courageous, spontaneous, loving, caring, um, all these wonderful qualities. And then what happens is life happens, events around them take place, and they form fixed beliefs about the way the world works. Like, well, maybe I shouldn't, I got hurt. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, emotionally, I, I said something. Maybe I shouldn't express myself openly. It's safer not to. So I start patterning my behaviors after these beliefs. And you need a breakthrough in order to get back to that authentic behavior, a breakdown and a breakthrough. And so we did that. We, we built that into the program. And a lot of people had these breakthroughs. I mentioned feedback earlier. Um, there was a young woman who went through the program, and we did an exercise that, where people got feedback about how they were perceived in the group. And she was, she didn't like the feedback that she got. And we're five months into the program, and she didn't understand why nobody had communicated this to her before. And she was up, upset about the feedback because it was a blind spot, and she didn't like the way that she, she heard she was coming off, 
But what upset her more is, why would you wait five months to communicate this to me? I could have been working on this all the time. Hmm. And when and she did. She flipped. And her boss came to me two, three weeks later and said, I don't know what you've done with her, but she's absolutely incredible now. She was always super smart. But all of a sudden, she was a team builder and a team player and invited everybody that was necessary to get into a project and, and be a part of it. So I like those middle layers because you can really help them tap into that part of them that they've been holding back. The senior leaders, they're, they'll, they're really less willing to give up what has gotten them to where they are because they are at a certain level of success. Um, so at Fox, we got lucky because we did that program for so many years. Those people ultimately moved up into leadership positions, mm -hmm. and they became the catalyst for the shift in culture that we had. Beautiful. Well, thank you. I, I, I'm glad I asked because I think this is really an important piece and I would love to talk about uh, uh, this with you a little bit more, but we already at uh, our final question for today. Okay. Dean. So uh, it's a personal one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a tough news great news kind of a story because uh, my wife in 2021 was diagnosed with breast cancer mm -hmm. and um, luckily we caught it early uh, stage one grade one and we were able to uh, get in front of it so but it was still very traumatic she had to go through chemo she had to go through multiple surgeries um, and it was it was a really challenging time in our family we're now on the other side of that knock on wood, that everything stays clear and it, there's really no reason that it shouldn't. And um, just recently, um, just a couple of months ago, our daughter came to us and told us that she's bringing our fifth grandchild into the world. Ooh, and so my wife, <laughs> without that weight on her shoulders, everything she went through is now welcoming another, another, another loving human being into the world. And, uh, and we're super excited about it. Our, our daughters are a wonderful mother, and just seeing her be able to do that, this will be her second child. Being able to see that, do that again and be a part of that is thrilling for us. Mm. Well, mission accomplished. A beautiful share of uh, amazing uh, goosebumps, and also all the best uh, to, to your wife and your family. So thank you, Dean, for sharing this enormous uh, goosebumps moment. And also thank you for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you and I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today. Thank you. Yue. It's so great to see you doing what you do. And, and oh. um, you know, it's always great to talk with someone who's bringing more passion and excitement and, um, and meaning into people's lives. So. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening, and as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.